What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. 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 Welcome, listener, to the 96th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Boogaloo Boys episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. Today, we lean our wary eyes towards the Boogaloo Boys. If you've tuned into any protest coverage, you may have spotted groups of these heavily armed men watching from the sidelines in their now emblematic Hawaiian shirts. What they're waiting for and willing to participate in is a second American civil war. Many are virulent racists with far-right belief systems, but others confound expectations when it comes to both their politics and goals. Travis, his face lit with the flames of a million tiki torches, will give us some background and context on the movement before our interview this week with journalist and podcaster Robert Evans. Now, he's been live streaming protest coverage from the ground, mostly in Portland, Oregon, where things are regularly popping off. And there's, I mean, he's wiping tear gas out of his eyes, like almost every live stream yeah. I see. He's white, <laughs> it's crazy. Is, is dramatic viewing whenever he's on the ground. So we'll be uh, speaking to him and asking him, among other things, what the future holds for the Boogaloo Boys. But before all that... QAnon News. The big story of the week, of course, QAnon follower positioned to become the first QAnon member of Congress after primary victory. Wow. So it finally happened. God. A QAnon follower became a hair's breadth away from entering the highest halls of American power after Marjorie Taylor Greene won a plurality of the votes in the Republican primary race for Georgia's 14th district. We expected the results to be a mess. uh, And so we were giving background and looking at her videos and then someone already sent in numbers and they were just outrageous and she ended up. Yeah, winning with a crazy margin. She yeah. destroyed. She ended she up destroyed. crushing. We also had her opponent on another stream on on uh, Thursday, Kevin Van Ousdel, and uh, spoke to him about his platform. He'll be facing uh, whoever wins the runoff, but presumably her with her yeah. lead uh, in November. Which has led me to uh, to create the hashtag Kevin versus QAnon. I think it's good. <laughs> I think we, I think it could do some. You, you I think catch it could on? do some business. Yeah. Yeah. So she didn't do well enough to uh, get the majority vote. So uh, she and the second place finisher in that race. John Cowan will uh, face off a runoff election on August 11th. Honestly, this is kind of fucked up because she got over 40% of the vote. I feel like if you get over 40% and the next person down is like 20, the people have spoken. I don't think the Republicans Republicans have spoken. Even closest to the biggest problem with American (laughs) politics is that that the plural. And what are we going to do? Help John Cowan beat her? I mean, he's a fucking lunatic too, a a gun toting uh, uh, a lunatic as well. I mean, it doesn't necessarily believe in the storm. Okay, so we're de-escalating fascists just into like hard right now. This (laughs) is good. Excellent. Good progression. So, uh, yeah, her district is considered a Republican stronghold, and she has received endorsements from mainstream conservative figures like Congressman Jim Jordan, Charlie Kirk and the organization Students for Trump. So after her win, uh, Trump tweeted out these words of support to her. A big winner. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. You know, I, I kind of got to hand it to uh, Georgia because I really mm-hmm. thought that the first QAnon uh, Congress member would come from Florida or Arizona. Yeah. But um, a big no. winner, congratulations, is a bit like I picked up a birthday card and didn't even sign it. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> very generic. <laughs> it's very yeah, generic. That's a hallmark statement. It's almost it's almost surprisingly generic. You know, yeah. I mean, usually you would get something from him. They'd be like, "Amazing to see her beat the uh, you know uh, schoolboy John Cowan." Uh, Amazing by th- to see th- twenty her points. Yeah, bench press him into infinity. She has powerful <laughs> arms, and one day yeah, exactly. I hope she it's- can control the Congress for me. If I didn't know any better, I would I would say that it's almost as if he's distancing himself just the tiniest bit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. As he retweets QAnon nonstop and <laughs> talks about the storm. <laughs> now, I want to talk a little bit about like just how Q-pilled uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is, because sometimes when we talk about someone who is a QAnon candidate, that might mean that they tweeted the QAnon hashtag one time like that counts. But in this case, she was deeply involved. Uh, she she was involved in the community starting at November 2017, just a month after the first Q drop. And she continued to be involved in QAnon as recently as December of 2018. In a one 2017 live stream video, Marjorie Taylor Greene promoted the belief that Q was a government inside source. Now, Q is a patriot. He is someone that is very much loves his country and he's on the same page as us, and he is very pro-Trump, okay? 
Now, he appears to have connections at the highest levels, all right? He's posted many things that seem to verify that he is the real deal, all right? So many of, it's, it's not just someone poking in the dark, messing with people. So pretty, pretty yeah. unambiguous, I would say. Yes. Not poking in the dark. Yeah. It, it makes it sound like some people have been telling her she's poking in, in the, the dark, dark and messing and with just people. Messing yeah. just... <laughs> <laughs> it's not nonsense. It's not not calling me for three months because I mentioned it. Now, she also believes the false theory that there are thousands of secret sealed indictments that uh, were about to be unsealed to reveal the corruption of the deep state and the cabal. And then also the other clue is, which I talked about earlier in this video, is the large number of sealed federal indictments, which is now at 4,289, which is just unheard of. It's, it's such a massive amount. Okay, so now, Q has put out there that many high-level officials will soon be arrested, and it will actually be the drain the swamp scenario that we have we have always been wanting to happen. Um, he says that once once the corruption and the type of corruption is revealed to the American people, it will trigger something he calls the awakening. Now, I I'm only guessing that the awakening. He says it will be like an event, something that we've never witnessed in American history. But it will it will cause Americans to unite behind President Trump and his administration in order to completely clean house. Okay, you guys, if that happens, we will be so happy. I see all those hearts and I love it. If that happens, we will be so happy. Um, I really, truly pray that this is this is true. Okay, so again, just to go over it. Um, High-level officials will soon be arrested, and hopefully that's what we're seeing from all those federal, sealed federal indictments. I mean, I just see um, Sarah Connor when she's just a regular mom, and, you know, the woman that we now know is fully trained Sarah Connor. She yeah, is actually yeah. going to the war with the guns. She's ready this time. And yeah. to be honest, she looks a lot better than her right now. I'm not so happy that this person's potential psychological recovery means that she's becoming an effective fascist that can win electoral victories. Yes, yeah, she almost she almost looks more youthful she, uh, with more energy yes. in these new in the new like 2019 but, uh, campaign vids. But also you get that ancient yearning for just like punishment uh -huh. and justice it's like we've all been waiting for this before 2017 too it's yeah, just like yeah, yeah. when when is god gonna come and cleanse these streets it's taxi driver shit yeah yes now uh when the washington post reached out to green about her QAnon beliefs uh she simply released a statement that attacked the newspaper and also attacked stacy abrams aoc and nancy pelosi mm. so just just yeah. uh, i guess her, her her strategy apparently is just just to attack everything well, instead she, of actually addressing her QAnon beliefs yeah she has all of the uh definitely all the women of color that that we've we've established she has a little png cut out with a transparent background i know it's, and they've it's been slapping them yeah. in like these weird just like lining them up in videos and then having it turn to red and like flames over their face while it says communism yeah. in giant red letters i mean this stuff makes the red scare look subtle and and uh, compassionate the other big QAnon candidate, Joe Ray Perkins, who won the Republican primary for an Oregon Senate seat, congratulated her fellow QAnon follower. Here's what she told the blog Talking Points Memo. Most of the people who read Q posts are people who want to make sure they are fully informed. Many do their own research on what is posted. They don't just accept as fact what is shared. We have learned to either use or improve our critical thinking skills. So, yes, I am happy to see another candidate that reads the Q post as part of their as part of her pool of research and information source to have won the Georgia primary. Despite the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene may be joining Congress in a matter of months, current Congress members had nothing to say about it. The Washington Post was unable to get a comment from House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Minority Whip Stephen Scalise, or Republican Conference Chair Liz Cheney. The National Republican Congressional Committee, on the other hand, released a statement that simply said, this. The NRC does not get involved in primaries. In general elections, we focus on districts that will deliver us the majority, not R plus 27 safe seats. So it seems to me that uh, both Green and the GOP leadership are basically uninterested in addressing Green's professed QAnon beliefs in any way. Well, yes, it's incredibly inconvenient. Yeah. yeah. 
It's a little, little awkward. But I'm, I, I, actually, I was curious, like, where did she get her QAnon beliefs in the first place? Um, in that same live stream that I played earlier, she says that she actually got them from QAnon promoter Liz Crokin. And Q is telling us he's an anonymous source and he's on 4chan. And more and more people are starting to talk about him. Um, I first heard about him from Liz Crokin and just saw some of her posts and she's been yelling all along that <laughs> Mueller is a white, wears a white hat. She's been saying all along that he is a good guy in this and he's really going after um, the swamp creatures and that it's under the guise that he's looking into Trump-Russian collusion. Um, so if she's correct, gosh, she's, you know, she's going to be winning big. So I think that's awesome. Winning big. But, um... But yes, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to take it, take this whole people out. Take this whole people out. Wow, just take them all out. Take them all out. I'm of the opinion, like, this is probably just going to be the start. So, like, I think that here, I can't predict the future, but here, here's how I think it's going to go. So after she gets elected, she's going to be the uh, founding member of the House QAnon Caucus, along with uh, Congress members Jim Jordan, uh, David Nunes, and Matt Gates. And uh, as more QAnon followers get elected in the 2022 and 2024 elections, I assume that the House will form like a QAnon subcommittee underneath the like intelligence permanent select committee. Yes. So, so there's just just be a just a QAnon block yeah. in Congress that well, they'll 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 cement. Yeah, I want to see that meeting room where they're like determining legislation, but it's also the corkboard scene from uh, from Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like I mean, essentially what they they'll do, Travis, what you're describing is actually just forming QAnon. It'll be a a, a secret group within. Well, maybe not so secret, but a group within the government that is you, you know yeah. pushing for the prosecution of Democrats. And, and hey, wouldn't they become the Q team once again? We're well, just waiting for reality Hold on. To- yeah exactly well i think i think oh i would like to know what uh, marjorie taylor's green is on um congressional oversight of the q operation because after all this is just a sort of another unaccountable uh, um op by a you know out of control uh intelligence agency don't we need elected representatives to oversee what uh, what the q team is doing no no travis because the secret op is doing what we want it to do okay <laughs> so therefore we got to back off and yes. only focus on ops that are doing things that we're not so, um, you know, fond yes. of. It's not a fascist talking point to say they're going to use death squads on us one day, so we should probably just start now. <laughs> you know, I want, you know, I, I just want to take a moment to reflect upon the fact that this is a podcast dedicated to studying the dumbest shit on the internet, right? Uh-huh. And then starting next year, in all likelihood, we will be reporting on Congress, the happenings of Congress, without changing the focus of our podcast whatsoever. Any Just, political movement would be excited to get an early activist uh, to become a member of Congress in just three years. I feel like that would be a stunning victory. Green will not be um, unopposed. She's going to be challenged in that election by her Democratic opponent, Kevin Van Osdall. And we did speak with him on a recent Twitch live stream. You can watch a conversation with him. Uh, he is massively outspent on that race. And uh, anyone who wishes to know uh, Kevin's stance on the issues or donate to his campaign should visit uh, just KevinVanOsdahl.com. That last name is spelled A-U-S-D-A-L. For my next story, uh, QAnon follower arrested after live streaming himself leading a police chase with his five children in the vehicle. This is a OJ's chase could have been better if there was a live stream as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- that was really the first live that stream was police a, chase. Yeah, that when was you think live streamed. Well, yeah. there was no video, guys. Well, uh, there, there, there no, was need... from like news from like news stations. Yeah. Like, oh, there weren't like stuff. hearts floating. We on need the, side the fucking of the dash cam. We <laughs> okay. need to see from inside. <laughs> no, I want see inside the I want, Yeah, I want gotcha. OJ begging for likes in the stream. <laughs> QAnon follower Alpalus Slyman, great name. Oh come on! I'm sorry. Alpalus Slyman. Alpalus. Yep. No, that's like a teacher at Hogwarts. Come on, man. So he faces three counts of felony reckless conduct, conduct after an accident, and disobeying an officer uh, as a consequence of that incident. Um, At one point during the Facebook live stream, he turned his camera towards the speedometer, which showed him traveling at 110 miles per hour. Yeah. And then he went off a cliff and he said, Slyman's rule. (laughs) So the chase allegedly ended when he rammed a police cruiser and then crashed into a tree in uh, Northampton, New Hampshire. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He crashed with the kids in... Yeah. Five yeah. children? Five children. They were, they there were okay? no reported injuries, fortunately. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, so uh, while he was live streaming the incident, Slyman asked for help from both Trump 
and Q. Uh, in the background of, of this video, I believe you can hear the voice of his wife, who was also in the car at the time. Uh, Slyman also makes reference to the mythical Frazzle Drip video. The cops are after me. Don't you understand? I'm trying to protect you. Of course I'm sure. If the cops are really in on it, then there's nothing that's going to stop them. Donald Trump, I need a miracle or something. Somebody, Q in and help me. QAnon and help me. I bet Hillary's going to help me. Hillary's not going to help me. Yeah, right. Hillary's demonic. I know about Hillary uh, cutting open the 10-year-old. He's debating live as he's being chased by the cops, whether the cops are in with the cabal yeah. uh, and, and begging Q to save him, begging Donald Trump to save him. It shows you that these I mean, it's people, just, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a cosmology it's a sanity, at this yeah. point. It it's is. a cosmology. Yes, yeah, consider. He's yeah. traveling 100 miles an hour down the freeway. His life is in you know, mortal danger. And his and, family. And his, and his, yeah, the life of his family, no, He's too. also fucking but live his streaming. Mind, but well, his well, mind, why is he live streaming? But his mind it's is so on dangerous. Because he thinks these representations, this social media, is fucking reality. No, they, I know. But know just, the difference between real reality and what he sees on Facebook. I just, for me, if I was dealing with five kids in the back, my wife and the cops, I wouldn't want like to also open my phone and get something going, you know? Just get those hearts going and chat. I just don't know. If that would he be felt my first. scared. It he felt lonely. Like... And this is his only real significant way of connecting right. with people. His family doesn't understand what he believes. Exactly. So he needs the portal to be like, you're right, actually, Q exists, Donald Trump exists. You're not totally crazy. You're not bringing your family out in a dangerous, insane adventure where you what? might kill them he all. He that validation even as he was about to kill himself, quite possibly. Yeah. Wow. But also, I mean, he might have also thought that, you know, doing the live stream that Trump and Q would actually hear him yeah that if he put it out onto the internet and people saw what the situation was that maybe i mean you could tell he's really praying for a miracle there i mean if that feels like an honest moment when he's like i really need a, mi a miracle here here's the thing is that is that trump like he tweet retweets QAnon followers he interacts with this community yeah so it's not yeah it's, it's yeah, totally yeah, irrational yeah, yeah. but it comes from a uh a, 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 you understand where he's coming from he's like oh oh donald trump he understands me and my beliefs and though he might come to my aid when yeah. of course he won't yeah don't Donald Trump allows um, that kind of uh, space of unknown in what he lays out on purpose because he knows there's several conspiracy theories and belief systems he doesn't want to overtly uh, kind of endorse, but he needs them working through his base, constantly streaming. And, and these in particular are, are, are connected to content. All of these people will be producing content. They're taught their digital warriors, send the memes out. It is so essential to his ground game. It's like he would be shitting on a part of his free digital team during True. his election. So, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't see him doing it before the election, certainly. Now, uh, Alpalus Sliman left behind a long social media history. Analysis from friend of the show, Mark Andre Argentino, shows that his radicalization happened very quickly. Uh, he was always interested in conspiracy theories and promoted 9-11 trutherism as far back as uh, 2011. While he also while he always promoted a number of conspiracy theories like vaccine harm, weather control and mind control with fluoride. He actually never mentioned QAnon until June of 2020. Oh, wow. my God. Specifically, it looks like he was introduced to QAnon on June 6th, but he wasn't fully red-pilled until he watched the documentary Fall of the Cabal on June 8th. So this is how quickly this happened. So uh, Applis Lyman was introduced to QAnon on June 6th, and then on June 11th, he was speeding down the freeway at over 100 miles an hour with kids in the car yelling at Q to save him. Like under a week, yeah. QAnon turned a guy who was very conspiratorial into a radical extremist who had completely peeled away from reality. Well, sir, I mean, the, the harvest season has commenced and uh, you what? You're scared of a couple of fruits popping up on our trees? <laughs> yeah. You, this yeah. is going to be a long, long, <laughs> long harvest, a bloody harvest. Great. My friend. For my next story, uh, rapper Ice Cube blasted for sharing QAnon and anti-Semitic memes on Twitter. 
So this was very sad to see. Yeah, everyone likes to talk about these. They don't want to talk about the beautiful Nubian Egyptians, uh, uh, the man sucking on the woman's foot. No one wants to talk about the sexy Ice Cube. No. You know? They all want to talk about the QAnon or the anti-Semitic Ice Cube. It seems more notable. But he has a lot of anti-cop stuff that's pretty fun. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, he's really all over the place <laughs> yeah, ideologically. He's a mess. Like he, I feel like that day he was like... He, you know what he did? He did that thing that Michael does uh, in the office where he's like, if I create like seven more rumors, I can hide that the first rumor I accidentally yeah, spread it was, was right. Yeah, it was So right. he's just like, I'm going to keep pumping shit out all fucking day. <laughs> Enjoy I, it, motherfuckers. It's confuse. It's yeah. to overwhelm and confuse. Nobody knows what yeah. to make of it. Because it started with an overpass sign that I've, I think I've seen here in L.A. Like, yeah. He's just... Taking photos of like a Q overpass. Yeah, message. that one, that particular one was actually in Chicago. But oh, uh, okay, I'm sorry. But, well, I've seen those messages here though. Yeah, yeah with I, the pandemic is a hoax and all this shit. Yeah. So yeah. So what happened was apparently yeah, I shared that photograph of a bridge over for, over a Chicago freeway, which contained the message: "The media is complicit." Q. Uh, and then after being swarmed by QAnon followers who thought that he was Q pilled, he responded with this message: "Stop it! I don't know who the fuck Q is. It's just a true statement." So I don't know where he's getting his media, but apparently when he was searching out there, kind of, you know, like Nubian or anti-Semitic memes, some Q, some Q stuff slipped in too. Who is feeding him this material? I want to know. What's, what's Ice Cube's media diet like? What are you talking about? His his replies are going to be full of amazing stuff. He's huge. All he needs to do is post, like, research for me, please, and hey, you'll have a thousand memes lined up. Including these beautiful anti-Semitic. Yeah, what is this black get... cube thing? It looks amazing. Because look, if I were Probably Ice Cube bad, huh? and I posted a picture, <laughs> not uh, unaware of what Q was, I just kind of yeah. liked the other message or whatever. And then my Twitter got flooded with all these people being like, "Oh, hey, 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 man! Ah, oh, you're with us." And then other people were like, "Oh, no, that's a wild conspiracy, man! Like, don't post that shit. It's fucking, it's bad." As Cube, wouldn't you go and look up and see what it was? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't just be like everybody's talking about this Q thing. Like I don't know what that is, and I wasn't referencing it, so I'm not. I, like you're, you're watching. I would immediately a, you're, go on Google and be like, "What is this?" See, Q this thing? is the kind of this is the kind of nerd shit that that people do with Ice Cube. Ice Cube doesn't reload. His clip is infinite. <laughs> yeah, Stop asking. Just output. Uh, yo, Ice T did the same thing. He did a. He shared a. Remember a QAnon meme. Yeah, and both they got ices. Sh- and they started dunking on QAnon followers all day. He thought he was with yeah, them. Pretty yeah, that was pretty fun, actually. Yeah. All right. We'll see how this develops. But yeah, this black cube, explain this to me because this does not look. It's a, it, oh, yeah. oh, it's, a, it's, it's a, a 3D black cube at the center of a Star of David. And then beneath it, he also tweeted uh, like four images of like black cube sculptures in uh, like California, New York, Denmark, and Australia, and implying that there was some sort of worldwide Jewish conspiracy theory that was leaving its symbols everywhere. He does know yeah. that Jews just put the Star of David. It's fine. They don't have to hide it behind a cube, right? For my last story, uh, Michael Flynn publishes batshit editorial this so. is fucking isis no it american is. isis it shit. is oh my god so michael flynn who is currently battling with the court to have his case dismissed after the doj dropped its prosecution uh wrote one of the most unnerving op-eds i've ever read certainly uh the op-ed which is headlined forces of evil want to steal our freedom in the dark of night but god stands with us was published in the Western Journal, which is not a publication that I personally have heard of before. Nope, this. it's some shell website. There's just Eerie. a million. So here is a section from that editorial just to give you a sense. Once again, tyranny and treachery are in our midst. And although we feel we've descended into a hellish state of existence, we must never forget hell is conquerable. Prayer is the greatest weapon, and a consciousness of God is the ultimate thought of the day. The idea or notion of a heaven on earth is very real sense of being free. Freedom is oxygen, boy. (laughs) He doesn't say boy. Like the air we breathe that keeps our lungs full and our hearts beating. The celestial feeling of freedom brings a sense of peace to our souls. Freedom must never be taken for granted. Securing our freedom demands a high price. And that price requires hard work and sacrifice. Both will bind us all by the value they produce, but only if we are willing to seek new opportunities and new ideas. Those who have sacrificed the most, those who have given the last true measure of devotion that derives from the love of faith, family, and the cause of freedom, for all of us to be free, and for the betterment of our republic and the free world, cannot be allowed to have died in vain. This is the ultimate sacrifice, and heaven is their reward. 
demented. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe. From a fucking th- general. General. Dude, is he a fucking cyborg? Like, what is he? I don't know. But yeah, if you said, if like, if someone told me like, oh, this is the um, prayers that ISIS bombers say right before they kill themselves, I'd be like, oh, I buy that. That sounds exactly like it. Yeah, this is uh, religious uh, extremism. And uh, he knows who he's speaking to. Recently, a California man named Stephen Carrillo was arrested for allegedly murdering a Santa Cruz sheriff. According to prosecutors, on June 6th, he threw pipe bombs at police, killing one officer and critically injuring another. But before he was apprehended... Fucking apprehended? He threw pipe bombs? And, I know. And he was apprehended. Before he was, he was nicely asked to sit before, on the curb. Oh my fucking God, dude. But before he was apprehended, uh, Carrillo used blood to scrawl the words Boog and I became unreasonable on the hood of a car. Holy shit. Now, Boog refers to the so-called Boogaloo movement. This is a loose right-wing militia network which is agitating for a second American civil war. The phrase I became unreasonable is a reference to a common Boogaloo slogan, become unreasonable. Now, Carrillo is hardly the only person affiliated with the Boogaloo movement who was arrested this year. In South Carolina, 22-year-old Kevin Ackley was charged with inciting a riot and aggravated breach of peace. Several items of clothing retrieved from his home show that he is affiliated with the Boogaloo movement. In Denver, police seized assault rifles and gas masks from a 20-year-old man named Chevy McGee, come who on. identifies come on. with his the Boogaloo movement. Come on, his name is Chevy McGee. Chevy McGee. It's Chevy McGee. I'm sorry. I hate the, it brings me no pleasure. <laughs> Chevy McGee. So how exactly did this uh, movement seem to come out of nowhere and start inciting violence all over the country? The origins of the Boogaloo movement, like QAnon, can be traced to 4chan. Now, I feel like we haven't yet really fully appreciated the extent to which 4chan is responsible for ruining the country. Like the the full true story of QAnon's impact on American history uh, won't be evident for, I think, for another 50 years. But while QAnon originated on 4chan's politics board poll, the Boogaloo movement sprang from 4chan's weapons board, which is simply called K. So if you were to visit the K board right now, you probably wouldn't see anything political. You might instead see Anons asking for advice on how to acquire a weapons permit or opinions on various gun accessories or takes on military history. In fact, the pinned post on the K board forbids political discussion. K is a board devoted to weapons and military equipment. Discussions about politics or current events belong on poll. Do not post threads about gun control. They belong on poll. Despite that warning, the K board naturally leans right. The actual term boogaloo derives from the 1984 dancing film Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Anons on 4chan's keyboard would make references to Civil War II Electric Boogaloo, and the name caught on. Uh, eventually came to be a code word for the expected Civil War itself. Variations of boogaloo include the Big Igloo and the Big Luau. Now, as a symbol for the movement, boogaloo boys can sometimes be seen wearing Hawaiian shirts underneath their bulletproof vests. So that's a reference to, to both the big luau and the association of luau's with pig roast, which is appealing to the boogaloo boys, as they often call the police pigs. Yet another boogaloo name for Civil War is the Ice House, which is a derivative of the big igloo. So apparently boogaloo boys have a variety of names for the Civil War, which change often because they believe this is necessary in order to evade social media censors. Now, before we move on, I do want to reflect on how ludicrous all this is. So Civil War One started because yeah. the southern states, they seceded in order to protect the institution of, of slavery. And if these guys succeed, then Civil War Two is going to start because of a movement named after an 80s dance movie sequel <laughs> that started on an image board and wears Hawaiian shirts under their like a full combat gear. Uh-huh. However, the Boogaloo movement didn't really gain steam until it went from 4chan to Facebook in 2018. Uh, these Facebook pages have names like the Big Igloo Boys, Buja Hadin Memes, and Big Kahuna's Big Luau. It's it's amazing how Facebook, <laughs> how how 4chan is like the petri dish for all of this shit, where yeah. they sort of like figure out what the ideology is and like what what the shit is, and then they bring it to Facebook when it's ready, and then it fucking yeah. like goes big. 
No, Fortnite uh, is the R and D team for yeah. uh, <laughs> ironic fascism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Facebook-owned platforms appear to be the central place used by the movement to recruit, organize, and spread its propaganda. Research by the Tech Transparency Project shows that there were at least 125 Facebook groups devoted to Boogaloo by uh, April 22nd, 2020. The real number has increased significantly since then. Uh, these Facebook pages contain, like, they, uh, like there's a lot of apocalyptic narratives, there are lots of martyr narratives, and uh, there are lots, of course, uh, pro-Second Amendment content, there's weapon content, lots of anti-government propaganda, and even the worshipping of the cult leader David Koresh of Waco fame. Weird. Well, you know, a broken clock. <laughs> <laughs> now, while some far-right movements are deferential to the military and police, the Boogaloo movement has a more militant libertarian streak when it comes to armed government agents. The Boogaloo hostility to law enforcement was heightened after police shot and killed Duncan Lemp, a 21-year-old software developer who is associated with the Boogaloo movement and the Three Percenters, a right-wing militia group. So here's what uh, apparently happened. On March 12, 2020, Montgomery police SWAT officers raided Lem's Potomac, Maryland home on a tip that he was illegally in possession of certain firearms. The Montgomery Police Department claimed that Lemp was shot only after he ignored officers' orders to show his hands and get on the ground. Police claimed that he instead proceeded to his interior bedroom door where a rifle was nearby. The family of Duncan Lemp, however, claimed that he was shot in his bed next to his girlfriend and posed no threat to the officers. The police department has not yet released body camera footage of the raid. The application for the warrant authorizing the raid has also not yet been released to Duncan Lemp's family. Interesting. A week before the raid, Lemp posted a picture of two people armed with rifles on Instagram with the caption referring to the Boogaloo. Because of that, and the belief that Lemp was targeted because of his open affiliation with right-wing militias, Lemp has become a martyr for the Boogaloo movement. On Boogaloo pages, you often see variations of the phrase, his name was Duncan Lemp. Interestingly, analysis from friend of the show Mark andre Argentino shows that Boogaloo content on Twitter has been minimal. In fact, in 2020, news sites and journalists generated more content around Boogaloo than actual individuals from the Boogaloo movement. His analysis has also shown that there is a less than 1% overlap of content between the QAnon community and the Boogaloo movement, which is unsurprising because it sounds like the Boogaloo movement aren't the type of people who like trust the plan. You no, know? no, 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 no. They believe they'll, no, they're going to take care of yeah, it. Yeah, they want to do it. They don't want to sit behind the computer and, nope. and do it. They want to be out in the streets. I mean, it sounds like these guys just want to kill people. It sounds like they bought all the guns as a hobby and they're just sitting in the closet and they're like, oh man, I really, <laughs> really want to yeah, use them. I really I got that new scope and that, and that laser. I really want to kill people. Someone really needs needs to like to compile the 10 most you know impactful like anti-war films and we need to strap these people in a chair like clockwork orange and like force them to watch what the end result of this is like listen to the letters from the confederate soldiers here if they're fucking happy to be in a war you, right. you morons they or probably want that to some extent i mean for them they're like um <laughs> lieutenant dan in uh forrest gump where he's like i it was my destiny to die on that battlefield gump like i'll bet they feel like in some ways Solo. that like that's a better existence than just sort of like you know waiting for the next season of like you know Rick and Morty to come out or whatever yeah yeah no no I, I don't doubt that late capitalism is such that life is now uh, there's a decent trade-off to be had if you want to uh, trade your current state with just civil war yeah so that's good it's good when that's an actual thing that some people are like, eh. Some people looked at the marketplace. They, <laughs> yeah. show they bought into Civil War. That's right. The Boogaloo Boys have been especially active in 2020 in three separate waves of protests. First, armed Boogaloos showed up in force in January to protest proposed gun law reform. Uh, specifically, I'm referring to the uh, tens of thousands of gun rights activists uh, from around the country who rallied at the Virginia Capitol. Uh, in the previous episode, we spoke to Molly Conger about that event. Uh, as the... As a pandemic spread across the United States, Boogaloo Boys protested the lockdowns and shelter-in-place orders. Most recently, they have been participating in the demonstrations and marches against uh, police brutality and institutional racism in the wake of the George Floyd killing. 
though some of them are more interested in inflaming tensions than fighting for the same causes as the Black Lives Matter protesters. Boogaloo groups are distinguished from uh, exclusively neo-Nazi accelerationist groups in that there is a lot less emphasis on creating a ethnostate for white straight men. While there are undeniably openly racist elements within the Boogaloo movement, others are more intolerant of racism and in fact advocate for using violence to fight against racist oppression. Uh, Boogaloo Facebook pages will sometimes post memes praising the 19th century abolitionist John Brown, who raided a federal armory in 1859 in an attempt to spark a slave rebellion. They'll even praise black self-defense groups for their mutual love of guns. Uh, some Boogaloo groups will even express solidarity with members of the LGBT community. For example, here's a post from Big Igloo Boys, a prominent Boogaloo Facebook group with 34,000 followers. As many times as we've addressed our lack of tolerance for racism here, I feel like we've neglected to take a stand for the LGBTQ community within this movement. I don't care how you joke with your boys or shit like that. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm referring to mostly is the religious stance some take against homosexuality or gender reassignment. I'm not going to get into a gender debate with y'all, but I will say that those who identify in that matter are just as deserving of freedom as you are. I've seen comments on the page using gay slurs and referring to gays as, quote, abominations, quote, sodomites, whatever. Let me be the first to say it's bullshit. Got a problem with gay people? Move the fuck on. I'm not saying you have to join the pride parade or teach your kids about it, but we also don't need to create another divide. My brain is gonna. Melt. I know. I'm it's, done. Uh, okay. Oh, do I like these guys? Do no. I not? What, no, you don't. You what's don't. going but on? But you don't. But this is this is it's an interesting. But you don't have to like post. them. But you have to recognize they are different from the uh, exclusively neo-Nazi camp. Yeah. yeah. It's such a bizarre hybrid. So this is why the Boogaloo movement saw opportunity in the nationwide protests in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. Boogaloo boys found common cause with Black Lives Matter protesters in their mutual opposition to op oppressive policing, but they generally don't acknowledge the role of racism in that oppression. For example, here's what the admin of the Big Igloo Boys said about the protests. If there was ever a time for boys to stand in solidarity with all free men and women in this country, it is now. This is not a race issue. For far too long, we have allowed them to murder us in our homes and in the streets. We need to stand with the people of Minneapolis. We need to support them in this protest against a system that allows police brutality to go unchecked. Uh, one commentator added this. I'm looking for fellow Minneapolis residents to join me in forming a private, constitutionally authorized militia to protect people from the MPD, which has killed too many people within the last two years. This yeah. is not to downplay the bigoted elements within the Boogaloo movement or to, or to deny that neo-Nazis also use the term Boogaloo to refer to a uh, race war. But creating a white ethnostate does not seem to be the primary motivation of the Boogaloo movement. But they're revisionists and they're willing to erase black identity from these protests. So, yeah, 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 of course. I mean, yeah, obviously, when the shit hits the fan, they're not our friends. It's just right now they see a common cause sometimes and others will actually do the exact opposite. Yeah. And it's it's a general mess because these are people who fantasize about uh, actually, you know, having the courage to start an autonomous zone or, uh, you know, do some of the things that they preach. Despite the uh, sort of the complex and differing views about civil rights within the Boogaloo Boys, uh, I would argue that protesters are right to be wary about them trying to align with their cause. As reported by ABC News, a leaked intelligence report from the Department of Homeland Security warned law enforcement that violent opportunists are infiltrating the protest movement. Some violent opportunists have become more emboldened following a series of attacks against law enforcement during the last 24 hours nationwide. This could lead to an increase in potentially lethal engagements with law enforcement officials as violent opportunists increasingly infiltrate ongoing protest activity. While the feds did not specify who these violent opportunists were, there have been multiple reports of Boogaloo Boys attempting to turn peaceful protests into violent riots. For example, on May 30th, three men who identified themselves as members of the Boogaloo movement were arrested on terrorism charges in Las Vegas. At an anti-lockdown protest several days earlier, they had told a confidential informant that they intended to try and cite violence and then kick off a riot at a George Floyd protest. Uh, they were arrested when they were found filling canisters with gasoline and creating Molotov cocktails on their way to a protest. If there's one thing that unites the Boogaloo movement, it's a desire to finally fight it out with the government, which they see as increasingly encroaching on freedom and gun rights. They frequently cite so-called red flag laws and gun confiscation as grounds for insurrection. 
In response to some of the threats of violence associated with the Boogaloo movement, Facebook has amended its policies. On May 1st, 2020, Facebook prohibited Boogaloo in similar terms, quote, when used with images or statements depicting armed violence. On uh, June 5th, 2020, Facebook told Reuters that it would make it harder to find groups associated with the Boogaloo movement by no longer recommending such groups to members of similar associations. So... If you're a three percenter, we won't tell you about the Boogaloos. They probably already know. Yeah. Uh, Facebook also told The Verge that it would be demoting Boogaloo-related content in search results. Oh. Of course, Boogaloo pages on Facebook in general are permitted to remain at the moment, which is why we should probably expect to see a lot more activity from the Boogaloo boys in the future. <laughs> Robert Evans is an investigative journalist for Bellingcat and the host of the Behind the Bastards podcast. Robert, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me back. You have been on the ground at the Portland protests pretty consistently. Can you just give us your impressions of what's developing there and specifically also what happened last night? Well, we've always had a really aggressive police force in Portland. Um, and, you know, there, there's a, a number of reasons for that. One of them is kind of Portland has, has a, a reputation earned in the 90s of being... Um, a city with like a pretty hardcore activist crew, particularly like anti-police activists. Um, you know, it, it earned the nickname Little Beirut in uh, in the '90s. And in addition to that, over the last four years or so since Trump's election, there's been kind of an, a, a series of escalating rallies between far-right groups and, and anti-fascists. A lot of which have ended in like big, ugly fights that the police have regularly gotten in the middle of about two years ago they shot a guy in the back of the head with a grenade and almost killed him like um so they have this reputation for using a lot of violence and also using a lot of crowd control munitions and you also have this like city that has a large chunk of particularly a lot of very young um and very angry activists who are particularly pissed at the police so when minneapolis you know kind of went off uh, after after the murder of george floyd um people in Portland, like there was this kind of building sense of we got to do something too. And then, you know, they burned the third precinct. And the very next night after that, there was this huge march in Portland and thousands of people showed up at the Justice Center and occupied it and, and stuff. And the police actually peeled, pulled back that whole night, you know, for, for hours, we didn't see any of them at all. Um, and there was this kind of sense as soon as this huge crowd showed up at the and and our justice center is kind of like our police headquarters and it's got like a jail right. in it and stuff and as soon as folks showed up there i think it was obvious to everybody who knows the city and knows the 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 kind of has a feel for the community that like oh they're gonna fuck up the justice center like that minneapolis just burnt a precinct this whole crew's here and there's no cops like they're gonna they're going to fuck up this building um and sure they sure enough they did Kid, kids just right. started they broke all the windows there was like one wild moment where i was watching people inside the justice center break the windows by throwing things from inside the justice center through the window and like glass was yeah it was punching it out yeah it was wild um they threw fireworks in there they lit some fires it, again it was like exactly what you'd expect uh and then you know the police showed up and they started tear gassing everyone and the crowd scattered to the four winds and then people kind of ran through the city um breaking shit looting stuff uh mostly the um the two areas that were really hard hit during this were the um the luxury shopping district uh in downtown portland um and like the banks uh like a bunch of banks got lit on fire yeah um and a target got looted obviously and i think that was just because it had become a meme to loot targets after minneapolis so like right again people were going to loot the fucking target as soon as they like, i was with the crowd filming when they reached it and it was like this moment where they escaped the police um there were no cops in sight for the first time in a couple of hours and everyone realized they're right next to the target and it was like you can, oh, you no. can hear yeah. you know 500 people make this like realization like <laughs> right. oh we got to fuck up this target now <laughs> it, was, it was very funny um R.I.P. Target. But the police has decided uh, to take like further legislative me measures. There was an announcement last night. Yeah. So after that, there hasn't like the the subsequent demonstrations haven't involved any looting, but they have involved increasingly just like a lot of police violence against uh, usually just demonstrators doing stuff like sitting in the middle of the road. There's this big fence around the Justice Center. And a lot of times what will happen is the crowd will show up around the fence and the police will occasionally yell at everybody and fire impact munitions through the fence and then right. people will throw water bottles and when enough water bottles get thrown the police declare an unlawful assembly um and that's means they get to shoot everybody again 
Yeah. Um, now they, after, you know, they were very tear gas happy early on and after repeatedly tear gassing, not just thousands of protesters, but all of the traffic in downtown Portland. And you, I've, um, I've seen you live on stream wiping oh, yes. tear gas out of your oh, eyes. So much tear gas. I mean, you know, they, they, they would gas like fucking people on their motorcycles, just commuting, getting tear gassed. I saw like a truck drive into a crowd because the guy yeah. driving it was blind with tear gas. Like it was fucking nuts how much gas they were using. So they got that taken away. For the audience, uh, you know, Robert clearly has, you know, irritated sinuses and eyes still and yeah. lips, like any kind of part of his body that can be affected by the, this basically low-level, like, chemical warfare stuff. Yeah, it sucks. So that's been the last couple of weeks. And the Portland police are in a lot of hot water because of the use of, of all of these munitions. And now the thing that uh, has happened is the city council is in, in the city government is debating on how much to cut their budget by. And we know it's going to be at least $15 million, um, but our, our commissioner, like, vetoed that budget because it didn't go far enough. And I think people are going to kind of push for, like, 50 or 60 $60 million cut out of the police budget. So the police are clearly, and like their attitude has changed. They're clearly scared, but they've had to alter their tactics as a result of all this. And, and that's made them get like more hand to hand. And there's been a lot of assaults on journalists. Uh, Donovan Farley, who is, among other things, a stringer for Rolling Stone, um, was like filming the police arresting a woman. And they had like a knee on her neck in the same way that like the officers who went after George Floyd did. Um, so he was filming that and they knocked him to the ground and just started beating him with sticks. My friend Sergio Olmos, who's out filming all the time, has gotten like grabbed by the head and like shoved around a bunch. Yeah. Um, my friend Corey got maced in the eyes for filming an arrest. And again, all press with like clearly displayed credentials. I've been shot a couple of times with impact munitions um, and threatened with arrest a bunch of times. And last night, the Portland police declared that journalists uh, are not immune from the declaration of an unlawful assembly. Um, and what that means is that, number one, the police can declare an unlawful assembly at will. There's no legal definition of that term. It right. is a thing they get to say to justify arresting people. Um, and number two, that means that the police are saying we can declare that journalists don't have a right to report in all of downtown at what? will. Yeah, that's what they're saying is that we have a right as the police to say it's illegal to be in downtown now. Yeah. And you can't report as a journalist on what we're doing. Sure. Just a journalism um, blackout over yeah. a, a geography. That's sure. Yeah. 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 That's um a violation of the First Amendment. So. We're all kind of figuring out what we're going to do. I'm talking with, you know, some local government officials I'm in contact with, some other journalists. We're putting out a letter. Um, and I, I think we're probably going to, um, you know, if, if they don't shift course real damn quick, um, I, I don't see any other remedy but, like, a lawsuit. Um, yeah. Because that, that can't be allowed to stand. Yeah. So this this is, of course, you know, central to what is happening right now. But in the episode, we're also covering Boogaloo Boys. Sure. So have you noticed any of them uh, hanging out in Portland? Yeah. You know, on the first couple of nights, there was definitely like this crowd of guys with rifles hanging out outside of a building with like weird face masks, which was a very unsettling moment, um, walking by them as a crowd and not knowing kind of what they were going to do. Um there has been, you know, it, it, every night there's like it's and it's weird because there's always this mix of like uh, rumors, you know, which spread wildly in a crowd of thousands. Like so, like people being like, "Oh, did you hear? There's this, you know, there's this group of uh, of proud boys or, or neo Nazis or whatever that's like hanging out on the bridge, waiting to stop people on their way back to their cars." And that hasn't happened. But there have been things like like last night there was a or night before last there was a a big white truck with a guy standing on top of it, looking out into the crowd. Um, for hours just sort of scanning the crowd and there were no mm -hmm. plates on the car and he okay. was definitely not a cop um didn't look like a protester either just a guy uh staring at and taking pictures of the crowd in a car with no license plates that's good um, that's good yeah that's great it was it, like weird shit like that you know you kind of are seeing some of that too yeah, i was yeah. just up at the seattle autonomous zone um and we know there's some like some far-right boogaloo types um, who have been showing up and kind of hanging around at the outskirts of it. Well, I hear that's um, soon to be uh, Bikers for Trump territory, so... Yeah, they've threatened to invade it on July 4th, <laughs> so we'll, we'll fucking see. We'll um, see, on, yeah, on the 4th yeah. of July. Do you have the sense that they're trying to, like, figure out how to react to the George Floyd protests? Like, 
both on the ground and online? Like, what what do you think they want to accomplish? Um, I, I don't think there's any kind of unity with the group because it's not um it's not an organization. Yeah. It's a meme um that is has kind of got a bunch of people together in vague agreement with like the idea that um it'd be cool to have a civil war. Um, and there's a, there's a mix. So within the crowd, there's like a, a big chunk of the Boogaloo crowd are libertarians with varying degrees of principles, right? Um, some of whom are, in fact, like very consistent and are like, no, 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 no. We're, we, we hate the police. Um, we hate the state. George Floyd's death is yet another example of like horrific state violence. Um, and we're completely backing these protests. And you have seen some like Boogaloo boys show up and be pretty consistent about like being like, Black Lives Matter, fuck the police, like, I'm here with a gun because I want to protect these protesters. You have seen Boogaloo boys, you know, some of whom, you know, Left Coast Right Watch did a good job of, of getting internal communications from one chunk of them who were like, all right, if we show up and act supportive, um, we can get these folks on our side and they'll they'll start shooting at the cops with us. And they were recorded saying stuff like, uh, we can't be the ones to shoot first, but we have to right. provoke the police into opening fire. And if we do that, that will justify, you know, us shooting back. Yeah. Um, and you also have this chunk. So you have this chunk who really believes and I, I think are more or less kind of down with the cause. You have this chunk who see the cause as an opportunity to spark an open battle with the authorities. Yeah. And you have this chunk who have kind of, you know, initially when everything started, were like, oh yeah, George Floyd was definitely murdered. You know, it's it's good to protest police brutality. But as soon as like there was looting, switched over to, oh, I want to kill looters. Because like that's mm. the easy thing, right? right? I can hang out outside of a store with a gun and I can shoot anybody who comes into the store. And I also think, like, that tends to be the crowd. Like, what they're doing is more verbally aggressive, but I almost think that that might be the less dangerous chunk of the crowd because I suspect they're kind of showing up armed at these stores because it gives them an excuse to dress up in their fun gear yeah, and hang to, out to all night. Yeah, to be clear, there's yeah. photos of a Ross, a Michaels, and a yeah. Hobby Lobby all protected by guys in Hawaiian shirts. So, like, what are we supposed to make of that and, and the idea of libertarianism? I mean, how do those... And, and also, are, do you think there's an overlap uh, with neo-Nazi accelerationists who just want a race war? Absolutely. You know, the, the there's a, a sizable minority of the, um, of the Boogaloo boys who are straight-up Nazis and who see this as... You know, we're doing the thing Nazis always do with non-Nazi groups that are kind of militant and far right, the thing they did with the militia movement and, you know, the 80s and 90s. Um, and they're, they're, they see this as a recruiting ground. And you can find, you know, in some of the Boogaloo groups, you can find um, some, some really questionable imagery that's, like, very much neo-Nazi adjacent. Um, and I, I suspect there is, I mean, I, I, I have evidence that there is a somewhat of an organized effort from some, some neo-Nazis to try and recruit from within this movement. Okay. Um, now, it, again, I don't want to also overstate that because I've also seen like a chunk of like like one of the large groups online like has a drafted like sort of a manifesto that's like really grounded in anti-racism. Um, and yeah. so like it's 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 really complicated what's going on with these folks. And they do kind of defy easy categorization. Like I see them being described as a like a right wing militia, which is not accurate. The Boogaloo Boys aren't a militia. It's it's an idea. Um, and more than anything, it's just. All that it is, like to say somebody's part of the Boogaloo movement or whatever, just means they fantasize about a civil war um, and actively prepare for it. And there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, there are, uh, well, I don't think a civil war would be a good idea in this country. There are real legitimate reasons to think that maybe that's the only option forward, right? You know, that, that is an opinion that a principled person can hold for reasons other than being a Nazi. That's an opinion you can hold if you are just enraged at the treatment of uh, of black people um, and other minorities by law enforcement in this country. You know yeah, that is course. an opinion you can hold. Um, so it's, I, I I think in some ways mo a lot of the media is not really well set up to deal with this movement because they have to lump them in as oh you know th this is a right wing militia because they know right wing militias. But I know like, to report on this. You know, but like what part of their civil war involves uh, standing in front of a Hobby Lobby with a gun? Like how how is that? I want I want to hear the the narrative behind property protection in your civil war. Those are the people for whom because this is just sort of a loose 
a, a, a meme that a bunch of people find intriguing. You have your people who are committed revolutionaries, some of whom have already committed murder. You know, we, we've had attacks. We've had people arrested for planning attacks with three men in Vegas, uh, the guy in California who killed those sheriff's deputies. Yeah. Um, so there's absolutely real revolutionaries in this group who are willing to kill and die for this idea. But you also have people who just think it's neat, like who think the Hawaiian shirt stuff's funny, who really right. like buying military-grade equipment and hanging out in it. Mm-hmm. And I think the Hobby Lobby crew, you know, if we want to call them that, <laughs> those are the folks who don't really want a civil war, yeah. but they have all this cool shit. Totally. And mm-hmm. standing out at a protest where the police yeah. are going to be firing into a crowd with a real gun, that's dangerous. Yes. That can go real bad for your ass. Yeah. Um, standing outside of a Hobby Lobby with your buddies and your rifles, number one, Nobody's going to loot that fucking Hobby Lobby anyway. I think it would be as effective (laughs) if you stood outside of it with every single amiibo ever printed. You know, just showing your collection, just showing what what your what your interests are. That would confuse people enough that they would not burn it down. Yeah, that would that would that would be more effective. And like, there's not even crowds near these people. You know, like, yeah, it it was very funny. Like, there's a picture from Minneapolis of this crew standing out outside of like a a tobacconist's shop and stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's that's going to get looted is this tobacconist shop miles away from the. But it like lets them, you know, they want to feel like they're a part of things. Yeah. Yeah, And they. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun uh and they know it's safe right nobody's right, right. gonna come for the fucking you know hobby lobby or whatever yeah uh so i i do think that like that's kind of the chunk of this ideology or whatever the hell you want to like again our terminal like i don't have perfect terms to describe this either because it's kind of a new thing but whatever you call this there's a chunk of people who hawaiian caliphate uh, yeah they, they like <laughs> they just think it's funny um they yeah. think it's cool and they they want to they want to dress up and show off mm-hmm. like that that, yeah. that that is God, probably about half of them. But there's right? also like, you know, the case of like Duncan Lemp, who was shot by officers yes. during a no knock raid. And that kind of re-energized the movement. So there is there is also like more than just the Hobby Lobby crew. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. He was like a kind of a, a libertarian activist. He was real into the Boogaloo stuff. He, he posted on militia websites um, because of a juvenile charge. The state says he was legally forbidden from owning firearms until the age of 30. Yeah. Um, some people question, you know, whether or not that was really a legal um, restriction. I don't I, I don't have anything to say on that. But um, there's two versions of what happened next. The thing that we all know is the police entered during a no-knock raid and shot him to death, yeah. wounded his girlfriend. Um, the police came that uh, claimed that they were serving a firearms warrant. Um, Limp met them with a gun in hand and refused to put down the gun and they had to shoot him and they also claimed that he had booby-trapped his house. Uh, Limp's family claims that he was sleeping with his girlfriend and they shot him to death in his bed. Um, I don't know what the truth is. Um, I I haven't seen a really deep dive into what happened to Duncan Limp, but like he's become kind of a a rallying point for the whole, the Boogaloo crew. So he's kind of a symbol of state overreach for them or police overreach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they mention, you know, they'll put him down on the, in the same lists of like names of victims of police violence as like George Floyd, um, as Michael Brown, uh, but also as like, so they, they do recognize like these, these black men and women like Breonna Taylor who were killed by the police and they'll, They'll say their names and put them on stuff, but they also use Duncan Limp, and they talk about, like, the Weavers, the Weaver family, who, um, you know, Ruby Ridge was a, a big inciting incident for um, the militia movement in the 90s, where the uh, the FBI raided this guy Randy Weaver at his little mountaintop compound and, like, wind up shooting his wife and his little boy. And they're also, like, really into Waco. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of obsessed with Waco, because it's like, it, it, as a general rule, there's a big focus on violence done by law enforcement um, and the state to people. Uh, and I, I, I do think that like, uh, there's a mix of folks who are legitimately furious about this stuff and don't see any other way to be an activist against it. Um, and folks who just, just are kind of like sociopaths who want to get into a gunfight. Um, yeah. cause they never had an opportunity and they're like, uh, this is good cover, right? Like everybody's pissed off about police violence. I'm going to pick that. And you know, maybe this will give me my opportunity to get shot at by the cops. Sure. And so we've seen the, the, the movement mutate, the name for it mutate and change so that they don't get caught on, on social media uh, and, and you know, kind of like banned or whatever. But yeah. but what do you think is next for them? Like the, if this is such a loose and kind of more of like a symbology? I'd, yeah. I mean, I think we're going to continue to see more terrorist attacks and attempted terrorist attacks. We've seen a number already. We've seen some people shot. Um, I think we'll see more people shot. I think it'll be a mix of some of these Boogaloo folks 
you know, focusing on the protesters and shooting at protesters because um, they fucking hate liberals and leftists and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we will see some of these boogaloo boys shoot cops. You know, uh, I think we'll, we, there's a decent chance we'll see some of these folks at a protest when the police fire, fire back at the police. I don't know what would happen in that case. That's going to be an interesting moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to continue to accelerate, uh, which is the goal of like the kind of most extreme fringe here is is to accelerate everything that's happening in our society and right. keep pushing it towards violence. Is that the unifying strand then? Civil war accelerationism? No, not all. No, civil war fetishism is the unifying strand. Right. They're not all accelerationists. Okay. They don't all, they are they aren't all all into actively pushing a civil war. Yeah. Again, like really the unifying thing is they all think the idea is cool. Yeah. Well, but like, you yeah. know, it's thank you so much for uh, helping us to uh, intelligently continue to be confused, but but in an informed way where we understand how many prisms uh, this thing can be viewed through. It's it's certainly yeah. fascinating. And I mean, you're 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 like also dealing with, you know, state repression. You're dealing with police crackdowns and, and all of these laws and also attempting to cover a movement that is, is kind of veering off into terrorism. I mean, how do you feel kind of at the center of all of that? Um, that August is going to be a hell of a month, mm. you know, where uh, the, the protests aren't stopping. I think they'll they'll probably reach an ebb point for a little while and decline slightly for the next couple of weeks, but they're not stopping. Um, August is when uh, unemployment and like the new unemployment payments that have come in as a result of the coronavirus, that all runs out. August is when eviction protections and uh, mortgage suspensions run out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also the hottest month of the year, which tends to be the month with mo- the most violent crime. So August is really going to suck for all of that and all of the reasons of the things I've been covering. Police violence and these like boogaloo boys trying to accelerate things like uh, strap in for August is is the only thing I'm really thinking about right now. And what is next for you this week? Are you going back out? Are you going to give your sinuses some rest? Or are you just going to snort some wasabi and just just run out there like a warrior again? Um, I'll probably be out at some point this week. I have writing that I have to do yeah. uh, for the next couple of days. So of I wasn't going to go out the first chunk of this week anyway. We're going to see about whether or not we have to sue the Portland Police Bureau. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll be out again at some point um, whenever I'm, I'm able to, uh, to actually do that. Well, stay safe. And yeah, I think I speak for everybody who watches you out there. Stay safe and um, and keep doing what you're doing. And I mean, obviously, this is a, a stretch, but we do cover QAnon and we are covering the Boogaloo Boys. Is, do you think there's any overlap there? I haven't seen really any evidence of that. And I, I do kind of think that sort of they come out of different groups of people. Um, but I think that the the both QAnon, you know, which I, I think is probably fairer to call like a religion at this point than anything else, <laughs> um, and the Boogaloo movement are products of the way social media works, right? Neither of them would exist in a meaningful way without YouTube and Facebook. Right. Um, you know, more Facebook for the Boogaloo movement, but like it, 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 it so they're they're both products of this kind of unregulated digital territory, which is like effectively our our collective um, unconsciousness and you know when when an idea like the boogaloo or QAnon grows to devour a sizable enough chunk of that giant distributed digital brain the result in the real world is tens of thousands of people who now are committed to an idea that uh, is real dangerous and and that's where we are and it, it's it's a thing that ne- didn't necessarily need to happen once the decision was made that we weren't going to police or or monitor or take any actions whatsoever to stop the spread of disinformation in online communities that like that these that the companies sort of running them were just gonna let them spiral into wherever they spiraled um, I think these things were kind of inevitable like the, the, the QAnon uh, and, and the Boogaloo like these are products of what happens if you give people a platform that can spread any idea to millions of people instantly and then you artificially Officially inflate the number of people who come into contact with those ideas algorithmically in order to maximize profits. And that's what we're dealing with here. You can follow Robert at I Write OK. That's the letter O and K at the end. And you can find his podcast, Behind the Bastards, on all podcasting platforms. Do you have anything you want to plug, man, or like a, a particular fund you think needs help right now? Yeah, I mean, the Black Resilience Fund in Portland is a, an organization that does a lot of good work for the black community in Portland. Um, you can also, there's the the PDX uh, protest bail fund for protests here, and then there's a bail fund for protesters in uh, 
in Atlanta, um, which just went off in the last 48 hours or so. So, you know, I would consider looking that up. Just in, in general, helping with bail funds is a, a good thing to do right now. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for all your work and for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. There are over... There's almost 80 now? Almost 80 of them currently. Is it? Yeah, 80 this week. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent, which we so much appreciate. Thank you. We usually stream twice a week at twitch.tv slash QAnon Anonymous. And uh, for everything else, there's QAnonAnonymous.com where you'll find merch, a link to our Discord, access to the lost episodes, all that other good stuff. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy, it's fact. And now, today's auto cue. Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric here with Iraq Veteran 8888. Today, we've got another Top 5 Guns video for you. This is the Top 5 Guns of the Boog, baby. All right, we're going to get into this a little bit. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've got a couple of special guests with me in today's video. This is Josh and Josh with Black Diamond Guns and Gear. Great couple of guys. You guys doing all right? Yeah, doing good. Doing yeah. good. Really, really appreciate you having us down, man. We really yeah, appreciate it. So what is meant by this boogaloo, right? Uh, a lot of people see this term thrown around. I'm going to spend a brief moment discussing what it actually means. Um, boogaloo is a pop culture reference to the big luau, right? And what they mean by that is, you know, a potential standing up against a tyrannical government. And there actually is some fact to the style of the boog. You notice I'm wearing a uh, Hawaiian t-shirt, right? And and the Hawaiian t-shirts are actually a very common uh, theme that you're gonna see in the boogaloo pop culture reference and with the big luau pop culture reference. And the reason is, is back in the day, right? We're talking 70s, 80s and stuff like that. Special operations, you know, there was a lot of hipster guys that were getting into special operations. And we're talking, you know, tier one guys and like, you know, Navy SEALs and, there was this huge sort of culture clash of guys that would go out on combat operations in t-shirts, shorts, uh, Nikes, and a pair of sunglasses, yeah. right? You know, like these guys were uh, outcasts from average society. Joes. Yeah, they were average Joes, they were outcasts, and uh, they had a very kind of common everyday man way of looking at being in combat roles, and they right. found it actually worked really well yeah. you know uh, the whole idea of just kind of blending in and just being a guy with a gun was it was a in. cool concept we're not you know trying to be uh you know a contractor or anything like that we're trying to be just the average guy and if it, the call happens, call happens. happens.